Welcome to the ninth episode of the Dudes Spakin' Dudes podcast. This is not a podcast about whitewater river rafting, nor is it a podcast about surrealist art of the 1920s and 1930s. This is a podcast about dudes who are spaking dudes and about dudes who are being spanked by dudes. And this show is hosted by two dudes. This is Duke, Duke Ruff on social media. Hey, Duke, this is Scott, also known as Red Spank Scott. Welcome, Duke, to the podcast. Hi. Hi. Yeah, so Duke, this is Duke's first time on our podcast. He is a newcomer to the spanking scene, not a newcomer to BDSM, though. And so that's kind of what this episode is kind of about, about uh, about uh, what it was like for Duke to be coming over into spanking and it's an interesting topic for that since I'm doing some experimenting on um, in other areas of the S&M scene and going away from spanking. So this is kind of good timing. Though, to be clear to everyone who's listening, we are not shifting away from being a podcast about spanking. This is always going to be a podcast about dudes spanking dudes. So, uh, Duke, give a little bit of, uh, uh, about who you are and a little bit of background about yourself. Um, so I'm Duke. 28 years old, lives in Southern California. I'm a traveling barber um, in the LA, OC, and San Diego area. Um, pretty much, I just I got into um, BDSM and the kink scene back in 2013, and just have jumped in the deep end with no floaties on. <laughs> we'll talk about that. <laughs> so, but just. Jumped in and just kind of figured try everything twice because the first time's always a little rough, even though that's enjoyable. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, the, what was it back? It's 2000. So back in 2016, me and you met, right? Yeah, we started communicating on Recon. If I recall, uh, you found my profile when I went to because Recon has an app, and so you can find people who are near you. And and uh, I was out at Disneyland actually after a moonburn party. Mm-hmm. Uh, Gay days, I think. Yeah, gay days, because it's the first Saturday in October, or the first weekend in October. Moonburn's always the first Saturday in October, and then gay days <laughs> in Disneyland are on Saturday and Sunday. So, uh, me, I've done this a couple of times where I've gone to the Moonburn on Saturday, and then me and friends have gone to Disneyland on Sunday and had fun there. So I was there with a with a buddy of mine. And I uh, just put that together, having a nice pink bud and riding rides. Yeah, I'm very curious. I haven't done I haven't done this as a bottom. I'm very curious about someone who's had a really really hard punishment riding the um riding the Matterhorn afterwards. <laughs> That's a bumpy one. Uh already gold. <laughs> yeah, um okay, so the real dudes speaking real dude section today is going to be, you know, about Duke coming into the scene um and and his early experiences and and what it's like to be part of the S&M scene, what it's like to come into the spanking scene, and similarities and differences, and what it all feels like, and blah, blah, blah. Um, before we get to that, um, uh, Cape Red Tails has come and gone. It was last weekend, and my birthday was also uh, last weekend. I did not go to Camp Red Tails. Um, I did, however, get quite the birthday weapon, which... Happy be... birthday! Yeah, that will be coming up later in the podcast as well. We will we will talking about that. Um but there is still in October on the East Coast in uh, in uh, Georgia the Badass Weekend in Augusta, Georgia. Badass Weekend, October nineteenth through the twenty second. If you're interested in that, look at uh, look up www. 
wevent.com. Um, I have not been to there. Sydney, who was on the podcast uh, last episode, episode eight, did go to Camp Red Tails. He had a great time. Some interesting things happened, and I'm going to uh, try to get him back on the podcast to talk about Camp Red Tails because I do get a lot of questions uh, about those camps, and I still have not been to it. So he, it would be a great opportunity to get him on. Um, so, but with that, let's shift into the real dudes spake and real dudes section with Duke. And so, Duke, to start off, you actually, back when you first started um, exploring the scene, um, your first experience was actually with what this podcast about. It was actually about spaking. So tell me a little bit about what happened when you first got into the scene. So I was in college in Idaho, and I went on recon because I was curious about everything, and I met this one guy. I want to say... Okay, it was either Recon or Craigslist. I can't remember which one I actually met him on. But mm-hmm. at the time in Idaho, there wasn't that many people online anyways uh, that were into kink and fetishes. And so I was I met up with this guy, and I was supposed to just talk. We were supposed to you know, do the first meet where you talk about things and know where you learn each other's limits and learn each other's experiences and stuff like that. And I had never tried anything. Uh, and then... So I went over to his place. We were in his living room. I sat down. We were talking. And next thing I know is he has me, he like grabs the back of my neck, throws me over his knee, and just starts going to town on my ass with his belt without any communication, without any talk or anything. And I don't, I barely know the guy. Right. And so that actually freaked me out a bit. Um, and so I, after that, I actually didn't even like do really anything in the kink. So that was probably back in 2011. Okay. Uh, I probably a different year every time, but it was while I was in college and I graduated college in 2013. So either 2011 or 2012 that it was. Um, and so, yeah, so that, that kind of hindered me at the beginning just cause it's, it, it made me not want to, pursue anything because i didn't really know how to go forward and you didn't know that that was an unusual experience did you i I didn't know i figured but also like on recon the other closest guy was like 80 miles away and he was an older gentleman and at the time i was like you know 20 or something like that like i was young and stupid and so i I figured oh my gosh someone who's older no can't play with them (laughs) Now I'm like, you know, ages don't matter. But then, you know, I was in that whole mind frame. So, you know, you're 60 miles away and you're in your 60s. It's like, okay, there's no one on here. So I just kind of turned off because of the first experience, but also the fact that no one was even around to talk to or try something else with. So then, you know, you came, you ended up in Southern California. Um, yeah, I moved back. I was born, I'm a Southern California boy. I was born and raised uh, in Southern California. Okay. And so I went to college in Idaho. And then I moved back to California after I graduated. And, you know, I've always watched porn with uh, kink and fetishes and stuff like that. And so I was like, you know what? Let's uh, let's check it out more. And so I got back on Recon. Actually, I found out that I never deleted my first profile. <laughs> <laughs> so I uh, got back on there, reactivated everything, and then realized there's tons of people in Southern California and got more in touch that way. And so you are um, 
what kind of experiences when you got back into the S and M? Because you didn't go directly back into spanking. You didn't do another try another belt session. So so what did you end up doing? So so kind of just to give like the the roadmap of uh, my experience and, and we're, well, we're coming to the spanking part, but just kind of giving where I came from is I initially came in as a slave with the mindset, which is not, I mean, everyone has their own definition of what a slave is, what a boy is and stuff like that. But when I came in, I thought there was only master slave and a slave have, has zero rights, zero opinions, you know, scum on the bottom of the shoe, all through and through, not just in the mo- in the play moment, but like through and through every moment of every day kind of a thing. And the master had all control, all say, and all that stuff. So I got into a master-slave relationship uh, with someone I met on Recon, and within two days he had collared me. Now, what does with- is, is collaring mean for those of us who are not into the master-slave scene? So collaring means that you are someone's property, that you uh, you belong to them, that and then so they – Everyone, everyone who's collared has a different have, has different protocols, and it can mean different things to the, that person. Um, I'll go into detail of what my second collaring, which is the most, which is like the the best, the most um, meaningful one that I've had. I've only been collared twice, uh, but pretty much so the first time, pretty much it was an actual collar, like a chain around the neck with a lock on it that has a key, and um, I was supposed to wear it at. So my first collaring, I wore it every time I was with him, just because I was living with my parents, my work. You know, I worked as an assistant for an artist, and so I would wear different kinds of shirts, and I didn't really want to be showing, just because communication-wise, and they knew my parents. My parents are uh, very strong Mormons, so didn't want to go through that whole issue. Right. So, um, but yeah, so pretty much, like, I was his property, um, and so, you know, he... uh, I'm not going to go into too many details because normally when you're collared by someone, you build a relationship, you grow to know them. Two days is, or two times hanging out with them is not a normal amount of time. Now, I'm not saying it's wrong. Everyone does it differently and stuff, but for me, it doesn't work out now that I more understand what collaring is. And so after a couple, I want to say we're probably together for like a month, maybe a month and a half of being awkward and trying to figure it out and thinking it was just a first time rough run. Uh, he was talking to me and he said that his husband, who knew about me, um, his husband didn't want him to have a boy okay. or a slave. And I said, okay, good. Uh, it wasn't really working out for me either. And then a week and a half after me and him went our separate ways, he ended up calling another slave. <laughs> so obviously he wasn't completely honest. But, you know, at the end, I'm glad I learned some, some things from him. Yeah. And But the, from him, I learned that there's more out there than just master slave. Yeah, now you're into a lot of different kinds of stuff, right? Yeah, and that's the, the second time. So I was on there, and I was just wanted to get tied up. I just wanted to do bondage. And so I met another Dom on there. Initially, he was just – and he lived even closer to me, which is great. And he's like, I just want to – I want someone who's patient, not no drama, um, who's willing to let me experiment my new rope ideas and new knot ideas. Um with them and is just patient, not, you know, high, high maintenance. And that's me because I'd never been tied up. So I don't have any high maintenance knowledge. And so from there, uh, I would just ask, I'm a, I'm very much a question person. I ask questions all the time. If I don't know what it is, I ask questions about it until I understand it. Uh, and so he became my mentor and, um, 
and during that time he uh asked if he offered to do a temporary collar on me which means that i know that it's not going to be a long or it's not going to be a lifetime um collaring because some people you know some people do collaring for lifetime some people do it for a certain amount of times everyone has it differently but pretty much the protocols with that collaring was that i uh I could play with anyone I wanted to. I just had to report back to him. If I was going to someone's home, I had to let him know where I was going and then let him know after I was done. And then um, and then the people needed to know that I, who I was collared to. And I wore the collar. I had my own key so I could take it off anytime I was home. But And he allowed me to take it off anytime I felt it was not a um, – that it might be in like uh, difficult to explain the circumstance – of me wearing a collar, but I had it on every time I was out of my home. I worked somewhere where I always had to wear a tie so the lock fit perfectly under the tie. And then anytime I was with friends and stuff, I had my collar on. I was very proud of it. Um, so, and then I was collared by him for about two years. Uh, and during that time he introduced me, either he did things to me or introduced me to others and they did things to me, uh, such as, um, you know, bondage, cockball torture, uh, nipple, like intense nipple play, electros, um, water sports. It's a lot of stuff, but not, of, but not a whole lot of spanking, which is, is kind of interesting. Yeah, not a whole lot of spanking. Um, some ass play, but not, not, not spanking. You know, it was a little bit of smacking around. There was, uh, he did have this um, paddle kind of a thing. I don't even think I've seen it with my with my own eyes. I've always been blindfolded with it. But it was like firm on one side, pat on the other, and he would do that kind of mix between my ass and my um, balls. Okay. But that was the closest. But he never really went to town with spanking. But that was something that obviously you were kind of still thinking about at some point. I mean, you went well or after the fact because you saw my profile, which I was promoting – my my recon profile, I promote the Moonburn parties, and so you asked me, you contacted me about the Moonburn spanking parties. Initially, I asked you about the moonshine. Moonshine parties, yes. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see where my mind. I don't even drink it. I want the moonshine. Yeah. Uh, no, but yeah, um, spanking has always. Still, I'm a big guy. I'm six four. Uh, you know, in the two fifties. To 260, depending on how I'm doing on my diet. You know, I'm a big guy. I like being restricted. I like being dominated, especially when it's a smaller guy. Like, that I enjoy. I identify as a leather service boy. Uh-huh. Um, and I, yes, I'm a big guy, but I choose to, I prefer to be submissive. I can dominate when I need to. But I like to be um, dominated and controlled it's kind of funny. You, you know, the first time I said when I did the spanking experience where I went in and all of a sudden that guy went to town, I didn't know what was going on, and it spooked me. Mm-hmm. Now I'm kind of into that. <laughs> That's funny because I'm going to bring that um, up when we get to the fantasy section because uh, okay. when we, when we yeah, talk but, about bullying. Yeah, but it's taken time to get there. Like, I was not ready psychologically at the time for that. But now, you know, uh, so – um, just the thought of someone, or I guess I'll say that for fantasy. <laughs> <A> little, 
<laughs> yeah, so uh, teaser, our, our, the fantasy section, we're finally going to be talking about bullying, which in, in detail, because we, we, bullying comes up in the podcast a lot. Okay, so we had been corresponding for a while, and I had been trying to get you to come to the Moonburn party, and things kept getting in the way, and you had an injury that prevented you from actually doing any yeah. spanking play. So Don't pick people up to crack their back if you have a weak back. Yeah. <laughs> that's my kitchen advice. <laughs> yeah, and so, but I finally, finally, you you came out to the um, June the Moonbird party the the first week the first Saturday in June. We finally met in person. Mm-hmm. I finally had you over my lap, and, and I finally introduced you to. Well, I guess not introduced you, but um, escorted you into. Um, responsible uh, <laughs> adult spanking play. I would say introduced because I was not introduced before. I, was <laughs> I ran away. That was not an introduction. You introduced me. And can I just say, though, that anyone who gets the opportunity to meet Scott and to experience it, he is very good at introducing and guiding, however you want to, however you want to label it, a noob to, um, to being spanking. Yeah. He, he was very good. He communicated, but at the same time, he... Uh, he, he didn't baby completely. He was very good at not going crazy. Yeah. Made very safe, at least for me. He made me feel very safe. Yeah, so what did you – yeah, and actually I, I, I've mentioned, you, you know, um, we've played two and a half times now because the second you were at the um, the July party and we actually played twice at the July party. Um And you're actually – it's probably the, the rest of your S&M experience, but um, – you are developing um, pretty good endurance pretty quickly for someone who's new to spanking. So, but what did it? What did you think of it as someone? You know, those were your first, you know, real experiences in a spanking play scenario that was focused and most mostly and entirely on spanking. So, so what did it feel like compared to other types of S and M? I would say with other kind of S and M, the closest thing it's similar to is flogging. So it felt amazing, hurt in the moment, but amazing afterwards. And it's a it's a good hurt. I, I like the hurt. Uh, <laughs> you hurt me, you didn't harm me. Yeah, it's something I like to say. Uh, but uh, you know the difference is that like the first time you introduced me, you kind of guided me through it, so it wasn't so much like overpowering me and pinning me down and stuff like that. So that one is a little different, but Okay, so with the bully one, like, it was a different experience because it wasn't so much that, like, I'm dominant, you know, you're going to um, do what I say. It was, I have you pinned down, like, you don't, you can't escape even if you try. Um, you know, there's that, that is still in dominant, dom, uh, in BDSM and stuff, play and stuff like that. But this was kind of an aspect where I'm, like, I'm a service boy, where... You say something, I I'm obedient, I I follow direction. But this is a little different because it wasn't so much you're telling me to do something, and I follow through. It's you're not telling me, you're just pinning me down and going to town on me, and I can't get out of it. Yeah, and so but, so what was that like? It was awesome. <laughs> uh, like mentally, it is something I I always thought I liked, and it just confirmed that that the. Uh, the fact that, like, my, uh, I stutter, sorry. 
So that uh, it's just it, that my mind was more of in like a how do I get out of this quicker, not how can I serve him better. Mm-hmm. Mind frame was awesome. I enjoyed that aspect a lot of it. Does that make does that make sense? Yes, absolutely, okay. and that's exactly your your he's you're you're previewing the the fantasy section where we talk about point bullying because I've been digging about to, it a I'm lot. Drop little little things that keep people hooked in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, want to make sure make sure everyone listens to the whole way. Now we're just teasing them. Eventually, we're going to get to the bullying. But yes, our second session uh, in... edge, right to the edge. And then milk it. Yeah, the the second session that we played involved um, me bullying him and another buddy of mine. Um, both of them bottomed for me, and I, I tormented them. And uh, we'll talk about that a little bit more. So, what were your expect? What was the difference between what you expected to happen versus what actually happened? The very first time, uh, I thought you would go more intense. Although I did want it, and. It, kind of left a little little bummed. I was very appreciative that you didn't just because um, I did share with you my first experience and such. And then, you know, it's always good to leave people wanting more, not wanting less. Right. So, I I mean, I didn't realize that you were going to introduce the different, like you, you told me the different tools you used, you showed it to me, and then you um, paddled me with it or spanked me with it. Uh, so I got to feel and acknowledge what the different um, item, what the different implements, implement, tool. <laughs> the different, yeah. I have I have a a big bag of of paddles and and uh-huh. uh, and a couple straps and other things. Yeah. So and it was kind of interesting because after I played with you the first time, I was in the kitchen and another gentleman pulled me in and I want to say he used his hand and a wooden spoon. Mm. And, he wasn't as communicate. He didn't communicate as much as you did with me, which was still enjoyable. But it kind of jolted me out of a you're a, like you're, you know, getting guided with a hand to you're on your own kind of a thing. <laughs> and I, then and, yeah, and then later on, um, you missed me getting getting uh, tormented by by Bossman because you were literally tied up in the back. <laughs> yeah, I was a bit tied up (laughs) and getting used yes uh yeah no i yeah i got a bit sensual spank play which was it was kind of interesting i got three completely different aspects of uh spank play in that one time there and what did you kind of learn from those different you know having those three different experiences uh i learned that Communication is key. Uh, You know, I kind of knew this beforehand, but it just confirmed it, that communication is key, that you can get different experiences. You just need to communicate it and not be shy of what you want. And not always will the person who – not the first person you talk to won't always be that person. You know, kind of uh, like the gentleman I played with, at the end of the day, like I'm a bit more rough and tough kind of guy, and he was more sensual, which was enjoyable. But then I talked to him I, at the next Moonburn party. I talked to him and I kind of said, you know, I like it a bit more rough. And he turned he turned it up a bit, which oh good, uh, 
met both of our uh, levels of design of like what we wanted. You know, but it's just communication. It's not. It wouldn't be fair to him if I stopped. If I never went back to him, just because he did, he didn't do it at the same level without me saying anything. So communication is good. Um, I can take more than I thought I could, and in the fact that you said I can take pretty good amount for a noob, I I feel very complimented on that because I thought I was out early. Yeah, the the final. The, the final session. Feel like I wussed out early. I wonder who that was. Um, the the final session we had in the July party. I actually because he liked that whole the tall guy being uh, the bottom, and I've actually you're not the first tall guy I've I've I have experienced baking, and so I pulled I I had to, I went and hunted for just a little normal um, chair like a kitchen table chair. Out in the uh, the main room, so everyone can see us. And I pulled you over that, um, and then I, I think I I just only used the Jukari paddle, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and um, I didn't, you know, there was I I didn't go full well. force. Did the Jukari, or did you use your hand as well? Oh, I think I kind of alternated between the hand and the Jukari. Yeah. Yeah. So, but you and but you did take some pretty significant swats towards the end of that. Um, I wouldn't say you know I was trying to torture you doing the hard, the super hardcore stuff, mm-hmm. um, but I was hitting you pretty hard and you were taking it. So, um, I was also like half supporting myself on the ground because it's a tiny chair. Yes, and that we're was... right there. The chair, so I'm like one foot on the ground, one hand on the ground, the other yep. two up in the air. When you got your leg crossed through it, and I'm trying to wiggle free and. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And I actually, I kind of got that idea from um, Bossman, who um, who mentioned that he liked making his bottoms do that, make them prop themselves up for their punishment. So, since you were since you are such a tall boy, I knew that if I put you in that position, you would have to do that in order to just kind of stay in a spot and and be spanked. So. Yeah. I tried to get out. It didn't work. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I had your lower legs wrapped uh, uh, under under control with my legs. That whole sort of entangling the bottom's legs between your legs. Um, one of the things I hear a lot since you're since you're heavily involved in, in the BDSM scene, Bossman is also heavily involved in the BDSM scene. You're both like in the kink spectrum. Um, for those who remember the fourth episode of the podcast, I talked a lot about the spanking spectrum and where people fit. And kink is kind of in this middle zone where where people who have spanking as a kink love to have spanking as part of a much larger sexual scene involving other types of S&M and bondage and stuff and stuff like that. That's where, you you know, you obviously are on the spectrum. Boss Man is also there on the spectrum, um, whereas me and a lot of my buddies are all the way on the end where spanking is a fetish. And we're tremendously, you know, our, our sexuality, the way that we express our sexuality is, is primarily bound up in spanking so there's this kind of a feeling with some of us in the spanking scene that we're just sort of separate from S&M culture and that we're not part of all of that is that is that something that you experience from your side from from being part of the S&M scene so I mean in a way yes in a way no uh way yes is because you know being in the scene you you do like the little foreplay spanking and stuff like that but Never really, I mean, I've been, I've gone to play parties, I've gone to just different events and different time opportunities, and spanking was never on the agenda. 
you know, never really heard about people getting spanked and stuff like that, or I never saw it, you know, hear a little bit about, oh, I got spanked and stuff like that, but never really saw it that much. But the reason why I say no partially is just because it would fall under that category. So, right. But yeah, there's, there's this, there's this feeling, and, I, and I've heard this from, from a couple guys into spanking who feel as though the S&M scene they feel like the, the S&M scene doesn't want to associate with, with spanking fetishists. I'm not entirely sure why. Um, is that... Yeah, but, I tried to figure that out before the podcast, and I couldn't figure it out. So if anyone has an idea, write on in. <laughs> yeah, I think maybe my own theory is that maybe people who are into the S&M culture, um, heavily into the S&M culture, and not so much into spanking play, um, associate it with... Um, the only really see spanking as the sort of daddy boy thing, um, you know, the, the daddy boy play, which is, is certainly a very common scene in spanking. Um, and certainly corporal punishment, I see plenty of corporal punishment scenes within, like you, you mentioned flogging, you know, spanking is a type of impact play. And so you'll see, you'll watch, I'll watch S&M scenes and see a guy get his butt flogged quite extensively and turn quite red. But it kind of feels like they don't see that as spanking, you know, which is, is yeah. kind of interesting. Um, but I don't think it's a negative thing. I think it's just that, that spanking has its own thing. Like if you were to look at, um, if you were to go across to Great Britain and look at the United Kingdom um, you know, the, the caning culture there, it is this very defined, self-contained scene of, mm -hmm. you know, guys. And yes, it's a subset of S&M, just like spanking here. You know, even here in America, we're a subset of S&M. But because it has so much of its own culture, I think it kind of maybe gets separated from the S&M scene. And it's not because of some sort of disagreement between various camps so much as the motivations for these different experiences are different. Yeah, I agree, I agree with that. So um, I know you're not going to be coming to the next Moonburn, but do you think you're going to be a regular at Moonburn? <laughs> I, at this, as long as I'm in Southern California, yes. Okay. <laughs> well, I'm not asking you to commit, like... <laughs> no, I know, I know, but there's, there's some... some this is, I don't, I don't know um, how much longer I'll be in Southern California, but... Oh, okay. Um, if uh, anytime I'm there, anytime I can go, I will make it a part of what when I'm there and go. I, I enjoyed it thoroughly, and I would like to go experience it more, and if I'm not in California, or in Southern California at least, I will... Find something similar to Moonburn, and, <laughs> and I definitely enjoyed it. Well, good. It's great to see someone like incorporate spanking into their S and M play, and not have to feel like it's this sort of separate thing. Um, and that leads us to, and then you know, that's going to lead us to uh, our fantasy life of spanking section. Um, mm. Yeah. So I'm trying to remember you. Did you hear any of the podcast episodes? Because I had just started the podcast, uh, and I'm trying to remember whether you heard any of the podcast episodes before we corresponded. I thought we were corresponding right at the beginning. Okay. Yeah, so when I first started the podcast with Brian, um, we decided, when we talked, decided we were going to talk about our favorite spanking video, 
Um, and, you know, it was Lunch Money by Tropics. Um, and it was a bully, you know, a bully themed spanking video where, you know, this poor, innocent young man is being spanked by the school bully and he doesn't deserve it. And that's what makes it hot. And, you know, when I was we were recording that after thinking this is kind of a weird video to have a focus for the first episode of a of a spanking podcast, because most people associate spanking fetishes and spanking fantasies with authority figures at and, you know, boys who have done something wrong and were being corrected. And I was like wondering if people are going to think it's strange to to immediately go to this completely different dynamic about bullying and, and incorporating it into spanking, which doesn't fit the power dynamics that people normally think of. But then what happened is... I got so much great feedback from people who share that fantasy um, to, to the point that I really started thinking about, well, what is the bullying fantasy? And so I figured now is the perfect time. You like it. I like it. Um, the, the gentleman who we were playing with, that the three of us were playing with, he came to me from listening to the podcast. He had become a new bird for years, and I knew him, but I never played with him before. He came to me because we were talking about bullying, and he also had a bullying fantasy. So I was like, wow. So this is kind of a real sort of surprise. Even after being in the spanking scene for 25 years, I had no idea that there were a lot of people who were interested in this bully play dynamic. So I figured... Now is a, this is a good opportunity to talk about what the fantasy of bullying is, especially now that also because I'm bottoming again, and this plays into me as a bottom as much as it does a top now. So now is the perfect time to really kind of explore what we're talking about when we talk about bully fantasies. So first of all, let's just talk about the basic fantasy of a bully. We all know what a bully is, right? It's 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 we all know about the, the school bully. The boy who, um, you know, is physically dominant, um, hurts people and enjoys it. There's a sadistic mentality to him. Uh, he gets off on, on tormenting people and making other people feel bad. Um, and and uh, so, okay, that's that's the simple, easy thing. So, so how does it manifest in S and M and spanking uh, fantasies? The most obvious thing when we talk about it in spanking is the first thing I think of is frat hazing. Um, do you like frat hazing uh, ideas at all or frat hazing fantasies at all? Yes, I do. Uh, I haven't experienced it yet, but I think uh, kind of like in this initiation or um, kind of because, you know, you're part of this group, you got to pay your dues kind of a thing. Uh, that mentality, I, I like the thoughts of it. Yeah, and much. yeah, and it's not, you know, it's not about someone doing wrong and being punished, although it kind of, you know, sometimes that will be drawn into it, but it's really an excuse. Really, it's the the top is sadistically enjoying the, the pledge master or the president or whatever. He's sadistically enjoying spanking, uh, uh, paddling the, the other guys. So in the fantasy dynamic... The, the idea is that the the top is sadistic, and although frat, frat hazing is the most common, you know, relationship that we know in the spanking uh, scene, uh, I want to 
there have been historically there are other examples of bullying, even you t taking dynamics that seem familiar, like the teacher student, the coach jock, um, and even, you know, the cop and, you know, motorist or whatever. There's plenty of examples of fantasies involving either stories or even porn vids. Control T, which is a, you know, a, a porn studio that no longer is no longer around. They loved doing these kind of stories where. Um, where they had the authority figure who was, who was spanking or punishing someone, um, but it was abusive. It wasn't about correcting their behavior. It was bullying that the authority figure was taking advantage of his situation, you know, his control in order to punish someone, you know, in either uh, a fabricated or undeserved fashion. Mm -hmm. So, um, so that's how it plays out in spanking. We don't see it so much in uh, spanking videos anymore. We do see it still in the larger S&M video community. So this also, because we're talking about S&M and the, the relationship between S&M and spanking, this seemed like a good podcast to bring it up because uh, there are a couple of, of studios that I've mentioned in previous uh, podcast episodes. For example, um, Straight Men in Trouble, um, Breeder, uh, uh, that's in America, then across the ocean, over in the United Kingdom, there's Breeder Fuckers. Um, and they are designed, they are S&M scenes involving bondage and humiliation and bits and pieces of spanking play in there. They are heavily, heavily into the bully fantasy and it very much um, makes it, they very much design their scenes to make it appear as though the, the, the bottom in the scene is actually a victim. Like he's literally being forced to participate in it um, against his will. Mm -hmm. um, that's obviously not the case. These are consensual scenes, and anyone who's, you know, again, everything is allowed in fantasy. Uh, they go through great effort to make sure that, as far as I know, that the, the bottoms who are participating in this in in the scene know, you know, are 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 taken care of and careful. So, but let's talk about what does it look like if we try to say, try to distill out what we like about those fantasies and consider how we might do that in real life. Cause that's what we're getting to, because I've had, you know, I've had the bully, the bully scene that I had with you and our buddy, uh, which yeah. we'll go over a minute. And then I had my, my birthday weapon, which was, was quite an experience on my, uh, of my own. <laughs> so um, we were talking about the idea of, well, what, what is a bully fantasy and, and what is the bully dynamic? And first of all, I'm going to call it for the purpose of the podcast, because I have a feeling we'll be bringing this up frequently uh, on the podcast since we have been all along. I'm going to call, I'm going to refer to it as bully play. Okay. Uh, the reason I'm doing that is because it's essentially, it's a dynamic. It, it, it may involve role playing like the whole frat hazing thing. Um, it doesn't have to, it can just be, um, you know, like the scenario that I, I had with, with, uh, with boss man that had no role playing in it at all, but was very sort of, um, very sadistic. Um, it could be part of a relationship style. So for example, you know, a, a master slave relationship can incorporate bully play within it. Uh, but it's not always about bullying. Um, and so I kind of want to separate it and make it just sort of a bully play is a type of dynamic within an S&M scene or within a spanking scene. And so uh, let's talk about how we would define it. So first of all, 
the thing that seems the most obvious is that um, in the spanking scene, the top is selfish, right? Yes. Yeah. Um, and it seems like, you know, and, and you want to say, oh, well, the top is in control, but, but that's really kind of incomplete. That's not very helpful because that's the, t the case in most S&M. You have a top and a bottom. There's the power exchange, the whole dynamic of the bottom giving up control to the top. So, so what makes bullying different from those other scenes what makes bullying different from master, just the general, general master slave? Well, we know those of us who are experienced in S and M and spanking. Um, yes, the top is in control, but a lot of the time, what the top is doing with, with pain and and bondage and S and M and all of this stuff is carefully creating. You know, he is leading the experience designed to bring the bottom into these wonderful pain control situations that the bottom is looking forward to. Uh, in a way, he's almost like the top is, in, in a lot of these dynamics, the top is curating pain, <laughs> if that makes any sense. And it's based on the idea of the top's knowledge of what the bottom wants and needs and has to play out. For, you know, for example, in a daddy-boy dynamic, you know, the boy... Um, the boy wants to be disciplined when he misbehaves or, you know, he creates these dynamics and the top's job is to escort the boy. You know, the spanking is caused by the boy's behavior. And so the boy has control over the experience because he made it happen. Mm -hmm. And, you know, in a lot of master-slave dynamics, you know, for an outsider, it may look like the master's just doing whatever the hell he wants. Sometimes that is the case. But there's also this idea of the, the control and the master is granting and withholding. And, you know, it's very much revolving. A lot of it is kind of can be revolving around um, carefully portioning out the bottom's experience with pain. It's uh, a lot of S&M play is based on the idea that the top gets enjoyment from creating the pain experiences for the bottom that the bottom finds fulfilling. The bully play reverses that dynamic. The bully play is about the top is the one who's not who not only gets to, you know, who's not just in charge, because that's always the case. The top is the one who gets to produce the scene on the basis of what he wants to enjoy. Um, and it's just it's it's an embrace of the sadistic side of the top. And so, you know, for, from the perspective of bottom, what is the bot? What do you see as the bottom's role in that kind of scenario? To survive the punishment. <laughs> to survive the the hunger that the top has that he's trying to dish out and get a fill off of. Yeah. So it's about so it's about letting go, and um, in that sense, it's not really something. It's something that. It's certainly a very common fantasy, or I've you know I've discovered that it is a very widely shared fantasy in S and M, but it also is a little bit advanced when you start kind of looking at the idea of bringing it into real life, mm -hmm. um, as you experience with your first scene with the belt. Something like that could have been, would have been easily you know that's a bully that's an example of bully play in real life, but you weren't prepared for it. You were new, so. One of the things to think about if you have bully fantasies, but you don't have a lot of experience in spanking play as yet, 
what you might want to consider is getting to know pain, getting to know the spanking, getting to know what these things feel like, and developing your comfort zone, developing a comfort level before you're willing to give things up to the top. And because really what, what bullying is, uh, when we're talking about this dynamic, is, you know, we talk about S&M, which is sadism and masochism. Um, bullying is just literally embracing the very base ideas of sadism and masochism as they are without filtering in these explanations of why we're doing it. Um, and so the the bottom is uh, in order for a bottom to enjoy a bully scene, he has to want to completely give up control, not, you know, and not just the master slave kind of dynamic, the idea that the, the bottom is not um, necessarily going to have a scene that's just about what he wants. It's going to be about what the top wants. We're, and we're still in fantasy mode, right? Well, we're, we're kind of talking about how, how that fantasy starts, how you start bringing that fantasy into a real thing. Okay. Just because... Uh, oh, go ahead. Just because, um, like, depending on the relationship of the dom and the sub, uh, master-slave, sir-boy, you know, however your dynamics are in the kink realm, there's dynamics that very much portray the, you know, the, what we're calling the bully scene. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So it, 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 I'm sure there's, if there's people who are listening, they're like, well, that's me all the time. Like, so I, I'm just kind of, I just want to put a little asterisk here that we do acknowledge that there are people who do incorporate this all the time, but then there's people who kind of divide it out and play it differently. So, like, it's kind of, it's, it's of course, kind of like a tiptoeing balancing game because everyone has their own definition of s different things. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And so I'm trying to, what I'm trying to do then is kind of standardize a basic of how we talk about it and then how people interact with that, what that means to them. You know, it's going to vary from person to person. It's the same as what a master and slave relationship is going to be. It's going to vary from person to person. The way a you know daddy boy relationship in spanking is going to be is vary from person to person. Um, what a bully scene is going to look like is going to vary from person to person. But we want to make some things that are we want to kind of describe some commonalities. Um, okay. and, and you know, and to start with is the idea that the top is not only in charge. The top is um, the top has permission to be sadistic and selfish. Yeah. Now, the top is also, but that doesn't mean uh, <laughs> that doesn't mean the top is reckless. Uh, the top still needs to uh, play safely. Uh, but the fantasy is about it is literally about being abused, not just dominated. And uh, a lot of folks kind of when I when I research S and M stuff online, um, a, a lot of folks kind of want to tiptoe around that because that whole sort of, uh, especially in heterosexual relationships, there's that that dynamic and fear of people confusing um, S and M play with domestic abuse. Right. Um, and I understand that, and that's also why I want to refer to it as bully play, and not bully relationship. Um, so the idea is that you know there's this before where you can hurt me but don't harm me. Right. You know, right. 
it is a fine line, and you know, it's just a couple of letters difference between the two words. It's just it's definitely people can see it as one thing, but in the end of the day, who, those who are in the moment know what it is, and as long as you know that. Yeah, yeah, and so you know, another component um, that's kind of part of it is the the concept of psychological control and mind games with the bully. Um, the the bottom does not really know what's coming next, right? Um, and that actually is a good opportunity to talk about how our actual bully seed played out at Moonburn. Okay. So do you want to talk about what happened from your perspective? Because I certainly know what happened from my perspective, but I, I talk way too much in the podcast, so I'd love to hear how it felt like, how that scene felt like to you. So the leading up, the you know, the prep stuff that you wouldn't see in, if it was a video, you wouldn't see that part, is that we talked. Um, you clarify that impact was okay, yes. that you know, smacking in the face, um, verbal degradation, all that stuff was okay, and I said yes. Bring it on. <laughs> um, and then you're like, okay, well, I'll get you a little bit later. Hmm. And so you, you were going to go set up. And so I said, okay. So I actually went wandering around, and I went into this one room, and it was a slightly awkward situation, but a gentleman had me uh, – he kind of incorporated me into his scene. Um, and I was like, okay, well, I got to go soon. Like I, I, I'm supposed to play with someone. He's like, okay, it'll just be a moment. And it took a little bit longer. And then finally I just say, I got to go. So I got up and I put my um, clothes back on. And all of a sudden, right then, you came in. And you're like, where have you been? And I said, I was about to come over. Right. And I'm like, oh, dang it. Like, I was trying to get out of this room before you went on the hunt. So it was actually kind of perfect because I was, you know, late for something or whatever. And so you're like, you just grab my arm and, like, dragged me over to the other room and then I forgot my glasses in the other room because you dragged me away so you uh, like shoved me back over there so I could get my glasses and have me come back and then you went and you made me um, like uh, like put my hands on it on like one of those medical beds yeah we were and, in the uh, we were in the medical room at the yeah. at the moonburn party and so there was this there's a blue sort of a uh, table that we use for for spanking. Yeah, like the same table that's an old doctor's office, pretty much. So, um, but yeah, so my hands were there, and I was looking down, like with my head bowed, and you had me stay there, and then you went and got the other gentleman who participated with us. Yes. Uh, and then I had no idea what was coming because I'm just like, okay, you know what? I don't know. And then you said, okay, and you laid out all your different implements, yours and the and the other guy had some of his as well. And so you laid him out in front of us so we could see him. Uh, and uh, you pretty much said that there was – you were going to alternate between the two of us. And there was, like, degradation words, like, we're kind of – we're pathetic and uh, different stuff like that. I don't remember the specifics, but you you, – you, you, you uh, definitely, um, you know, trying to do the – or you, you weren't trying. You were doing the humiliation aspect of it and then uh you pretty much said that it was going to alternate between the two of us and that we would take as many as we can but when we couldn't we would say stop and then the other one would have to take more right so the idea is like you could stop your punishment 
but every time you did that, you were essentially f- causing the other person to be punished. Yeah. So. Yeah, and so we start off with that, and then uh, it's kind of funny because a part of me, like, you know, wanted to uh, take as much as I could, but then another part wanted me to be a jerk and give some more to that to the other guy. And so it's kind of a weird mind game on my own part. Um, but you went through different um, different uh, implements. There was a section where I had you guys pick out the implements that I would use on the other person. Oh yeah, yeah. And so he, what did he? He chose a spoon. It was no. no it was a strip of rubber. Oh, the strip. Yeah, the rubber strip. Oh, that was mean. Yes, he uh, was. That was mean. I, I was like, I was kind of surprised. I was like, okay, well, this is a bullying scene. He decided what's going to happen to you. And so I went with it. It was a it was a strip of like uh, of uh, uh, of rubber, yeah. But then I remember you told me uh, previous conversation that the uh, what do you call it, the bath brush? Yes, that the bath brush is a mean one. And I'm like, if he just made me take that strap, shoot, you get the bath brush, <laughs> right? <laughs> and so then I so I chose that for him. And then you actually used both of them on me so I could experience both. Yeah. And the bath is mean. Yes, the bath brush is mean. It's I'm not sure I haven't decided whether it's more or less mean than Lexan paddles, but it is it is the bath brush is infamous among guys into spanking as being a very mean implement. Yeah, and then at the we ended it with um I, I wanted to kind of give a, a chance to push you a little bit further further, and that's kind of I kind of improvised the last section, which was going to involve the jukari paddle, my 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 jukari paddle. And so, what did I do there? So pretty much, you said that there was going to be a hundred spankings given out, mm-hmm. and it could be it was going to be split eighty twenty seventy five twenty five I think seventy five twenty five, and but. Who would get 75 and who would get 25? And we had to come up with our own argument of why we should not get it, but the other one should. And I don't I don't even remember really what – I'm not good at being put on the spot, so I just kind of jumbled and put something together. Pretty much in the end, I ended up getting 75 swats with the Jakari paddle, and the other gentleman got 25. And even though, like, I could tell it – I could tell it in the moment it wasn't that important for to me, but later I could tell that uh, his were more um, were harder, like more intense, and mine were lighter, but they were more of them. Three yeah. times, three times more. <laughs> yeah. And it was fun, and I loved it. I, I love got to be sadistic. So the things that you don't you don't see, or someone hearing the story don't know, is. Um, I, I, the other bottom, I knew very well. Um, as I said, I, 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 he's been coming to Moonbird for years. I've known him for years. I only recently started playing with him, uh, since he came to me and told me that he was interested in bully play. And that's why I dragged him into this. Uh, but I also knew that he's a very tough bottom. I, I knew that he could take a lot. And I knew since I played with him a couple of times already that he could take a lot. So, um, I knew whatever that outcome was of that little thing that he was going to get the harder swats. I already knew that. I had already prepped that in my head. And so the mind game was, you know, you two not knowing what how I was going to play that out. Yeah. Um, the other thing I did beforehand with the whole slapping thing, I had already gotten permission from you uh, for the face slapping. 
um, preparation before I pulled him back, I talked to him because uh, I had never mentioned face slapping with him before either. Uh, and he cleared me to do, he cleared me to slap his face carefully as well. Uh, and so, so there was some, some face slapping for both of you within that scene. Yeah, I was just going to say we forgot that part. Because um, pretty much, like, I can't remember why he got it, but I got it because... Um, you I, shifted I, your I was, weight or something? I was shifting my weight, which, uh, you know, being a tall guy, it kind of sucks when you're at a low table and you got a funky leg. But don't it, care. I don't <laughs> care. I'm still saying my... Why, why, I'm still saying my excuse, but <laughs> it doesn't matter. I got smacked because I was moving more than I should have. Yeah, yeah, and so the the so yeah, they both got smacked a little bit. I even slapped him once because of something you did, um, and then I, I forgot I had, <laughs> I forgot I had made that dynamic, and then he did something that annoyed me, and I slapped him instead of you when I should have slapped you. And so that's another. <laughs> I didn't say anything about it. <laughs> That's another part of you know another part of the concept of bullying as a dynamic is that the bottom never wins, um, at least kind of when it plays out like this. Now, certainly in fantasy, um, Brian, for example, you know our, my my original co-host, um, he loved the idea, and you'll see it in, in spanking fantasies and spanking videos of the bully getting punished in the end. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not sure that's that works out so well in the real world SM dynamic, although. Um, since boss man comes in towards the end of the parties, if you're ever in, you know, I bought him for him. So, you know, we'll never, you and I will never switch positions. But if you like the idea of, of the bully getting his own, um, if there's a party where boss man shows up, if I, if I do this bully scene with you towards the beginning of the party, uh, mm-hmm. then you can enjoy, you know, boss man tormenting me towards the end of the party. Uh, <laughs> I just thought of one, and this is currently fantasy, so maybe Bossman would be interested in eventually doing this. But if you were punishing me, and then he interrupts the scene, and then starts punishing both of us. <laughs> just, just just, putting out the breadcrumbs there. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, so, so, so... The, <laughs> So there's so the, the idea, you know, in these psychological mind games, the, the bottom can never win. Um, the mm-hmm. bottom, you know, is uh, anything that looks like a choice is a trick. You know, it's, it's manipulative. And you'll see that a lot, again, in frat hazing. You know, they're, they're all reasons. Everything is just another reason to torment the guy. Um, and so, so the, the question is, why do we have these fantasies? Why, why does the bully fantasy appeal to you? The bully fantasy appeals to me because I like losing control. Um, and normally in scenes you you give it away. Um, I enjoy kind of being like not there originally to be given away. Like if someone just comes and takes it. Right. Now, so fantasy-wise, you know, walking into a scene or walking to a moment and you're just, you know, taken to the side and you like – ass spanked and beat and stuff like that, blistered and all that. Um, and then, you know, and then for me, like used in other ways as well. Uh, but you know, not, not, not given an option, not given stuff, just playing on the top, going to town, getting his fill out of it. And that's when he's done. Yeah. I think that the, the bully play fantasy, the bully fantasy is a way of approaching, 
concepts of non-consensual play without it actually being non-consensual. You know, it's yeah. kind of a, a safe way to have this environment where um, you're you're giving up to the possibility of of having experiences that you weren't prepared for. And then, you know, we had talked before, and, and, and we're also both in the situation of, especially as me as a bottom, of, of overthinking things. And when I was starting this, this um, and I'm going to now lead to, lead to my, my uh, birthday weapon, um, during this experience of becoming more and more of a bottom for boss man, I had put all of these sort of rules and controls in place to kind of help me get into the mind state where I was giving up more and more and more control to boss man to punish me. And there was a, a tremendous amount of overthinking. And I knew that, but I was looking forward to, I was getting, I was closely getting myself into a mind state where I could let go and not be in control of the experience like you're talking about. And so, <laughs> So, so here's what happened for my birthday. I had arranged uh, – my birthday was on, on July 14th on a Friday. Um, I had arranged for Bossman to give me a whooping. And I should explain what a whooping is because it's – I'm going I'm, – I'm, going to use that word on the podcast to describe a particular type of spanking play experience. Um, actually, Sydney and I talked about it a little bit in episode eight of the podcast. Um, a whooping is a type of spanking that um, does not involve a warm-up or um, a rising experience where the bottom is being uh, built up to take a, a lengthy pain experience. Instead, it starts full force with an usually with an implement on the bare ass um it is it is not intended to push the bottom it is intended to break the bottom it is intended to create a very short very painful experience for the bottom um a lot of spanking bottoms fantasize about it it is um harder than people think it's intended to kind of mimic the actual experience of being spanked growing up um and uh, and it's intended to make you cry, uh, which I did. Uh, I'll get to that. So so when I refer to a weapon, that's what I'm referring to. And so I asked um, Bossman if he would give me a weapon uh, with my Jukari paddle, and he said yes. Uh, that would be my birthday present. And so the idea behind that, when I asked for that, is that was going to be the last stage for me. And um, I've had whoopings in before; it's been a long time, and I wanted to see if I could get back into them. And um, when this uh, happened, uh, based on how I felt about it, if the experience was what I wanted and what I remembered, that was going to lead to the removal of all of these rules and giving up control and giving um, giving Bossman. Bossman is a bully top. He is extremely sadistic, um, but he's also very careful, and I trust him implicitly, and that's you know, a thing that, that we're going to talk about. Um, but he, he I asked him, you know, do you like those kinds of, of, of scenes? He's like, oh, I love that. So he has all, he's, he has, he's 100% sadistic. Um, and it's one of the things that I, one of the reasons I connect with him. Um, when in his in his bedroom he has a closet uh, where this, with sliding doors that are all mirrored, and what I, I love to do when I'm in there when I'm getting spanked by him in his bedroom is 
um, lay me on the bed, and I can look up and look into the mirror, and I can see in the reflection, I can see his face when he's spanking me. <laughs> and he has this wonderful, sadistic grin on his face. Yeah, uh, and I love it. And that's one of the things that allows me to submit to him. Like, I'm attracted to his sadistic personality. And so that allows the bullying, that allows for the bullying dynamic to kind of move forward. So the week before um, the actual weapon, I, I, I got it into my head. I know he's into he's into a lot of other things. He's a kingster like you, and, and he's into cock and ball torture. And I kind of talked about it with a little bit. And so I said, so one day I was like sitting here and I have this old tube of Bengay from years ago sitting on my desk. Um, and I said, and I just kind of texted him out of the blue. It's like, so what should I know before I rub this Bengay on my balls? <laughs> just out of the blue. I don't know what I was thinking. Um, and, well, actually, I do know what I was thinking, and, and I'll kind of lead to that, that place. Everywhere. So, so, he, so he gave me some advice, um, you know, on how to do this carefully. I did it. Um, it did kind of hurt, hurt quite a bit, uh, but I could handle it. And so I said, uh, you know, and so I was texting, I was like, oh, I, I think I can. He wanted me to record, um, he, he wanted me to record myself, uh, the, an audio of, of, of any sounds of pain I was making because he loves that. Um, unfortunately, it wasn't painful enough that I, that I made any sounds, but it certainly was painful. And so I said, okay, well, this is maybe something that I could do, again, with this bullying scenario in mind, bully play in mind, is something that maybe a boss man could do to me. I was not even thinking about the, the session we had coming up when I had that text exchange with him. So I show up at his place uh, on my birthday. So we go into his bedroom. He makes me strip down. Um, I always wear my jock strap so we can go, you know, so he can go on bare butt. Um, and he's like, no, take the jock strap off too. And I'm like, oh, that's new. Um, I wasn't sure what that meant. And then he opens his end table drawer, pulls out a couple of rubber gloves and pulls out a fresh thing of icy hot. Ooh. And I'm like, oh, I wasn't expecting that. <laughs> and he had this wonderful, he had that smirk on his face, that wonderful sadistic smirk. And so I love that. And so I let it happen. So he took, you know, he, he sprayed it, he sprayed the icy hot into his glove, in, into his hand and rubbed it all over my all over my junk the oh. the twig and berries the whole thing <laughs> and it was incredibly painful um i could take it did you make any noise from the icy hot this time yeah, a little bit yeah well what happened is like i would get used to it what, what would happen is it would start to fade um, and then it would slowly come back, and I'm like, oh, shit, it's coming back now. And, <laughs> and, what, and well, what I learned is I'm definitely probably not going to develop a, a cock and ball torture fetish. Um, <laughs> what, but what Boss Man was doing during the entire time of this, he, uh, he took – while I was enduring this, he went and pulled out my Jakari paddle because that went – what we agreed to use. And so he went and just laid there on his bed, just sat there holding the paddle, tapping it against his thigh and watched me suffer. I'm liking him more and more. Yeah. 
And I'm, and you know, we were just, just, he's just staring at me with his smirk, his wonderful sadistic smirk. And I occasionally ask him, I was like, are you enjoying this? And he's like, oh yes, yes, I am. And the thing about it was, and this is very important if you're thinking about the bully dynamic and why it's a great fantasy to bring in when we're talking about the relation, you know, talking about other SM issues, is um, the fact that he enjoyed it and I didn't made it work for me, not just for him, because. Mm-hmm. I embrace the bully idea. And so this is not something that I would do to myself on my own as, you know, although, you know, in the past, like when I was getting this, I would spake myself, you know, a lot of, a lot of spakos would do that when they're, you know, fantasizing and trying to get into that. I'm I'm not going to be doing that, but there's this dynamic where I'm turned on by the idea that he is enjoying himself at my expense. And so, that became a thing that that I liked that part of the experience. I didn't like the pain. I liked that he was enjoying himself so much. And that's what it means to be, I think, in a bully play scene. Fortunately, you know, and he, like I said, he's very sadistic, but he's not reckless. Um, but there was this whole feeling of dread because, keep in mind, I hadn't had the whooping yet. I had not had the whooping that had been promised that the scene, and, you know, it was, he was sitting there with the paddle, making it clear that the whooping was still going to happen. <laughs> and he gave me, you just don't know when. Yeah. He gave me, well, he gave me 30 minutes for it to fade and he's experienced with doing this. So he knew, and, and, but I wasn't experienced in taking it. So there was this dread, there was this sense of dread about when the punishment would start and whether I would be able to take it. Um, and fortunately, because he is such an experienced top and he knows what to expect, when it was up um, and it felt like it had faded, you know, I went over his knee to, to do the uh, the weapon session and my dick just immediately caught on fire again. And I had to pull up and be like, no, no, wait. And he fortunately... Fortunately, you know, there's probably people who are listening to this fantasy. And it's like, oh, he should have held you down and spanked you anyway. He did not do that, which was the right thing to do this time. Because, again, the cock and ball experience is completely new to me. Yeah. There, so he, we got back up and he gave me like another 15 minutes to recover. Okay. Yep. And then I got the whooping and I did, honest to God... Get, it was it was oh I think the whole session probably lasted maybe no more than seven or eight or ten minutes. Um, it was like broken into I think four extremely ferocious sets of paddlings. Um, you know, full force, no warm up. I was um, doing a thing. Um, I, I was crying at the well. I was I was heaving and crying at the end there, but there were no actual tears. Um, and for people who are not experienced with heavy duty spanking, um, that's the thing that happens sometimes with adult men. I was not faking crying. I was actually, and I couldn't control myself. There was, you know, there was heaving, choking, crying. Um, but there were no tears. And, and that's the thing that happens sometimes. And, uh, when that happens, it's important if you're a top, um, it, he's not faking. Um, it's just sometimes there are tears, sometimes there are not. I don't know. Um, I'm, I'm sure there's a, I'm sure there's an explanation for why that happens. 
Um, and so I got my weapon, and after the, you know, and I really, really liked that experience. I really enjoyed the idea that this thing happened that I wasn't prepared for, I wasn't really into, but he loved it. Uh, and so what happened after that experience is, well, first of all, all the spaking rules are gone. And in fact, I kind of, I, um, he now has the uh, authority, I've, I've granted him the authority to, in the appropriate environment where spaking is happening. So example, the Moonbird party when I'm at his place or you know any sort of spaking event, he has complete and utter authority uh, to spake me uh, the implements, duration, severity of his choice. So he's now completely in control of spanking me. So my little fantasy could come true. So that little fantasy, down the line, it would not surprise me down the line that the whole idea of the the cockaball torture combined directly with spanking play might happen. So what I told him is, you know, this is a thing. The cockaball thing is something I want to allow him to do sometimes because he enjoyed it so much. Mm-hmm. And that is what I want people to think about if you're thinking about being a bully bottom is to think about um, experiences that you might not enjoy, but you can put up with that the top would enjoy inflicting on you. I can understand that. Yeah. So, so, and so I kind of went over with him some of the other things that he's interested in. I'm like, Oh, I'm, you know, there are going to be other things that are going to happen to me that are not spanking. Um, as as part of this this bully this very sadistic play because I love letting him be sadistic I love the the connection that it makes with us uh, makes together when he does that so I'm going to have a lot of non-speaking experiences with him that I'm going to endure um, so that's something to think about if you're a bottom and you're interested in speaking fantasies so and and, and in your case you know I could see down the line. Um, you know, went to your more and more experiences and you had mentioned it, recreating that belting incident and you have a, a completely different feeling about it because now you're comfortable with the more experience you have as a bottom with spaking, the more comfortable you're going to feel with the idea that the top knows what he's doing and you're going to come out of it just fine and get off on the camp, get off on that the, the feeling that the top is enjoying himself. Yeah. And so, um, to conclude this, there are a couple of other things I want people to warning tips or whatever to for people to think about before um, engaging in bully play uh, in the real world. Um, first of all, um, the paradox. There's kind of a paradox here, or an irony, or however you want to describe it. In order to really, as a bottom. In order to really let yourself go and let the top go wild and let the top do what the top wants to do as opposed to this shared sort of experience, you have to really trust the top. And yeah, yeah so like I said, Bossman is extremely sadistic. Um, he is also very experienced. He and I are the same age. We've been in the spanking and SM scene for the same amount of time, about 25 years. He even teaches SM classes, you know, so, so he knows safe play. And I trust him implicitly. 
I know that even if I have an experience involving pain that I don't enjoy, it's going to be safe because I know that he knows what he's doing. So if you're a newbie, both you know, top or bottom, um, keep that in mind. Don't go rushing into this kind of play. Um, if you're like, well, what do we do? Try. I think you just start with basic, basic spanking sessions. What we what we started with, what you and I started with, of just just getting to, getting to learn pain, um, and learn what you like and what you don't like, and what also, things make you feel. Just learn. And also just learning. Like you, sorry, you just said this, and I was interrupting. But like, what it makes you feel, but also what different implements feel like. Yes. You have somewhat of a psycholo- or a mental idea of what's coming at you. Yeah, yeah, and so and then as a top, if you want to be a bully top, you need to learn the trade, you know, because again, bottoms need to trust you, and so like for example, in the play that we had with the face slapping, I am new to face slapping. I fucked up a couple of times with this. You had mentioned it to uh, mentioned to me um, that I, I dinged your ear. I said I wasn't going to call you out over the air. On no, that. no, no. I'll, it's important because like I want to be very honest about about me, yeah. you know, that I'm not a perfect, you know, a top, as a top. I dinged you on the ear um, with the other guy who was part of the play. I got too close to his eye once. And so uh, face slapping is new to me. And I, I mentioned this in, in, when I talked about it before. You should only be hitting the side of the cheek with the, you know, the part of the face where they're shaving. You don't want to hit the ear. You don't want to get anywhere near the eye. So it's a thing that I know that I have to learn. And because, um, what happened prior to that scene when I talked to the other guy about it, uh, about whether he was okay with it, or, or, or their scene partner, he was like I was with the cock and ball torture. He wasn't into it, um, but he was. He gave me permission to do that because he knew that it would make the scene work better. So it was a chance for me to be more sadistic in play. So he needs to know that he can trust me not to injure him when I'm slapping him. So... As a top, if you want to be a bully, you need to learn how to play safely. And, of course, with spanking, it's not brain surgery. Um, but those other elements, if you want to start incorporating other forms of S&M, which is a great way to be a bully with a spanking bottom because suddenly there are these other experiences and these other dynamics that are part that are, are, are not a part of it, um, you, you need to be able to do safely. And then the other part of it, the other the other warning for the bottom is um, because you have made a choice here to so thoroughly reverse this dynamic and give up all control over the scene, essentially, um, you need to be prepared as long as the top plays safely and as long as the top doesn't do something you told him not to do. Um when something happens to you, if something happens to you that you really, really didn't like and wish hadn't happened, you, you need to take responsibility for that experience having, having happened and not get upset with the top over it. Um, because that's the thing that happens with if you if you let someone go, if you let someone do what he wants, and then suddenly he uses an implement that you're unfamiliar with and you hate it, well, you can't get mad at him because you gave him permission. And so what happens, you know, this may well happen with some of these experiences with boss man. Uh, and so, but I'm not going to get upset with him at all. 
what's going to happen afterwards. I'm going to say, okay, that was an interesting experience. I don't think I can take that. So we're going to have to cross that off the list. But going with that, what you just said on that, I, I actually kind of incur, how to say this the best way. Those who like in the bully scene, even with the bully scene, still have a safe word. Still have that word that if it gets to that point where you gotta tap out or something like that, you can. Um, unless you explicitly know them, they know your limits. You want to make sure that relationship is built. But if you're new and you're in, it's your first couple times playing with someone, you don't want to give up all the rights. Like I'm working, I'm kind of coordinating with a dom that I've known for multiple years. I trust, I trust him with my life. Um, that to do like a pretty much tell him I got seven days free. You can keep me as long as you want. No safe words. Right. But he knows my limits. I know he knows my limits and the things and like, you know, triggers here and there and stuff like that. The things to be careful for and how to read my body when it is too much because you want that. But if you're new to someone like, you know, boss man, and you can, you have that relationship with him. If, even though you want that, you know, idea of a bully scene, if you're new to someone or you're new to spanking or whatever activity you're playing in, you still want to have that safe word just in case because you never, you don't know what's going to get triggered. If you've had a rough pass and look, there might be just little things that can trigger something and all of a sudden you shut down, it's not going to be a good experience for either of you. Yeah, and that's especially, like, that's why I asked him about the face slapping in particular, because, like, yeah. depending on the background you come from, the you know, I, I, I can imagine a lot of people who would not, absolutely, who are into S&M in all sorts of ways, but would not want their face slapped, you know, for particular psychological reasons. It, ha it yeah. does not have, <laughs> has a different feeling. Yeah. I mean, like, exactly, different people are different ways. Don't smack them, but for me, it's like, smack me, spit me, I don't care. Like, <laughs> but it's, just, it's different for everyone. And yeah. so you just, but until you know that or you've experienced it in a more controlled area, don't give that freedom away right away unless you really know how that's going to, um, how you're mentally and physically going to react to that. I, I would take it further and just not do bully play with someone that you don't know very well. I would just do, you know, regardless of, you know, and that's what I did with, with Boss Man, which was, you know, our first couple of scenes were very straightforward spanking scenes and, and getting to know him and his, you know, sadistic interests. I, you know, and, and then as a top, uh, you know, I want to make sure that I know what a bottom accepts and is interested in before I would ever, ever do a bullying scene. So I would say... Beyond the idea, I mean, because I think I think a lot of people who have bully fantasies probably don't want to use safe words, and it's fine to not want to use safe words. But if you don't want to use safe words, like and you said, you need to you, you need to be able to trust the person that you're with. Well, but at the same time, if you don't want to use safe words, then you don't use it. But still, have that set up just in case. Because I like that, like you know, if you if you want to persevere as much as you can, then you know. But if it's your first time or similar like that, but I agree with you. If, if you don't know him that well, I wouldn't say go through a scene without a safe word. 
Yeah, but, yeah. Ever since I've kind of like gone into this bully state, I've, I've updated my my profiles on, on recon and, and spanked this to describe myself as a spanking bully. And but and, and I'll get you know messages from out of the blue from people who who want to be you know just do what you want with me, and I'm like you don't you don't even know me what 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 and i'm and i don't respond to those people first of all and i i would never do that way the bully is you know i identify that way so that people know the dynamic that i that i want to get to um as a top but i also in my recon profile specifically say you know when i'm dealing with newcomers there's a lot more back and forth. And eventually the idea is down the line, the more I get to know someone, the less control the bottom has over the scene and the more of a bully I become because I know what, I know what to do to them. Um, yeah. So don't, yeah, don't right. rush out. The, the bully fantasy is a great fantasy for getting you off <laughs> and for, you know, for stories. Um, it plays a huge role uh, bully concepts in in some of the stories that I write, um, very sort of uh, control and dominance and um, the intersection of fun and mean. Uh, that's how I kind of describe bullying because bullying scenes can be fun, and you know, and they are mean. Certainly, uh, this scene that we had, I th I think, was a lot of fun. I'm not sure if you felt that was fun when we were doing it. Um, but it wasn't just sadistic. It was, you know, there was there was entertainment and playing off, and it wasn't just this straightforward punishment scene. And there was definitely fun in this sort of dread and torment and that whole kind of thing with with the boss man just staring at me with that smirk on his face while I was suffering through the through the icy hot. Um, uh, but it's not it's the 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 understanding is that. Once you take the fantasy into the real world, it's not the same. And so you really, really kind of think about, need to think about um, developing experience as a bottom before you throw yourself into this. This is, this is deep end. You know, that's the deep end of the pool. Bully play is the deep end of the pool in spanking, certainly. Um, yeah. And, you know, it's a, it's a fun place to go. Learn how to swim before you go out there. Yeah, not a jump in the deep end with no floaties. <laughs> right, yeah. So either as a top or a bottom. Actually, especially as a top, because, again, until you actually start spaking people as adults, you don't really understand what it's like, especially if you haven't been spanked. Um, and, you know, so think about that as well. So, But with that, uh, we've been talking for ages. So let us wrap up this episode of the podcast. Thank you for joining me, Duke. Thank you for having me. Yep. And definitely bullying, both bullying and the concept of the whooping. And I think actually if I get if I get uh, if I get Sydney back on the podcast, we will talk about whoopings because he gets we both now get them from uh, Bossman. So we can talk about what what the experience of a whooping is like. Um, Maybe I can join you. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks again for being on with us, Duke. Thanks for having me. Uh, if you guys want to find me, I'm on Recon as Leather Service Boy. It's L-T-H-R Service Boy. Uh, Tumblr as M-M-M Leather. So, mm-mm-mm Leather. And <laughs> uh, Facebook as Duke Ruff. R-U-F-F. -F, Duke Ruff. And yeah, and as always, if you have any questions or issues you'd like to bring up, uh, like me to bring up on the podcast, um, I'm on Recon Scruff 
Waps, that's W-H-A-P-P-Z.com, and Tumblr as Red Spank Scott. And I'm on Spankless Hookups as Red SPK Scott. So once again, thank you for listening. See you next time. Take care.